This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I have flown. I have sailed. I have moved about this world of ours, and ever in search of the finest of its kind, we bring you the tops in Audio Drama Networks. This is Mutual. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. When I was 17, I killed my best friend and burned down an abandoned old mansion in the woods. Then I had to live the rest of my life. in West Virginia with the hope that she might finally be able to face the demons she'd been running from her whole life. I think if I went back home, maybe I could start writing again. Little does she know, they've been waiting for her all along. You know you can't ever leave me. You don't even want to. We all have to make trades in life. This for that. But tell me, do you know what is really important to you? Are you feeling well? WSF Productions invites you to brave the foggy streets of Gun Cotton, West Virginia. The nightmare haze of dream and delusion and the mists of time itself in this, the fifth season of the West Side Fairy Tales. Scars in Time. A 20-episode sonically-driven horror narration written, directed, and produced by Tyler Bell. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at westsidefairytales.com. Welcome, friend. Have a seat by the fire. Make yourself... Comfortable.
The historic Talbot building had remained empty for nearly 20 years, but there were those who still believed it to be haunted, believed that one could hear the mystic voices of the past whispering throughout its maddening maze of hallways and stairwells. And there were the notorious accidents, the grisly fates of occupants who encountered the ethereal black smoke. But these tales were now nothing more than urban legend, scribbled graffiti upon its abandoned walls. And like a silent witness, the old building refused to give up its secrets. Now the only souls that dared venture within its boundaries were either the desperate or the damned. You're listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight we bring you the concluding chapter of our All Hallows' Eve treat, an original tale by John Ballantyne, inspired in no small measure by the grandfather of radio horror, Arch Obler. So, if you feel that seasonal chill in the air, sit a little closer to the fire. Or, if you prefer to set the mood, And perhaps it's later than you think. Turn the lights out. But whatever you do, we suggest avoiding the thing on the ground floor. Unfortunately, we don't have a clear view in the video of what you witnessed there in the stairwell. Can you describe it? I believe what I saw was Miss Blackwell. She survived the toxic smoke. She was alive? I'm not totally sure alive is the proper word. What do you mean? You said she was moving, right? Yeah, but... This sounds really nutty. Go ahead. After she was enveloped by the smoke, I I mean, Ms. Blackwell was not intact exactly. She was... It was like the smoke had turned her inside out. Inside out. Her organs were on the outside of her body. Her her heart beating, pumping blood, her lungs breathing. Exposed muscle tissue, flexing. I could see it all. 
It was like when you see a body that's been in a horrific accident and it's it's mangled beyond all recognition not even recognizable as, as human or only she was still moving I'll never I'll never understand how but she was she she Are you sure the smoke did this? Maybe Miss Blackwell fell or something. Ah, uh, a fall. I don't think a, I don't think a tumble down a few stairs is going to flip your organs to the outside of your body. Okay. Okay. How do you explain this rationally? <laughs> I don't. You think I have a rational explanation for any of this? And, 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 you know, the most disturbing thing? I couldn't do a thing to help. Just run. She was... Do you need a moment before we restart the footage? As you know, it gets much worse. Miss <clears throat> Timmons? Miss Timmons? No, 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 I'm, I'm fine. Just a little dizzy, is all. It's, it's, it's tough reliving this thing again. You're sure? Yes. I'm, I'm good. Okay. Let's roll the tape. Dad! Dad, where are you? God damn it, you two did not leave me! Dad! Dad! Hey! You motherfucker! Hey, easy, easy. You just scared the life out of me! This way. Come on. Are you okay? I don't even know. At least I'm in one piece. Can't say the same for Miss Blackwell. Where's Merchant? I'm really not sure. Son of a bitch gave me the slip. How the hell are we gonna get out of here? What floor are we even on? Uh, Looks like the sixth floor, judging by the room numbers. We gotta go back down, get to the ground floor. I'm sorry, are you out of your mind? I am not going back in that stairwell. What do you want to do? Take the elevator, maybe jump from a sixth floor window? I mean, that's a better plan than getting caught in the smoke with those things running around. Stupid idiot. Look, this place is going to come down. Shh. Shut up. What? You hear that? How does she even still make noises without a mouth? I am not going in there. Too late anyway, there's smoke coming from under the door. Shit. Who is that? Merchant? Is it Merchant? Hey, you two. <gasps> Where have you been? Oh, thank God. Let's go. We figured we figured you were Yeah, thought the same thing about you guys. Where's the fire chief? He didn't make it. What happened? 
that thing we ran into on the ground floor. Well, you don't want me to draw a picture. Unit 101, what's your 20? Unit 101, do you have a copy? This is 101, we're on the sixth floor. Uh, there's just three of us. I see emergency lights below. We read you 101. That'll be our first responders on the south side. Can you bust out a window so we can get a fix on your location? Anything we can use to break this glass? Ugh. Shit, wait. Oh, here's an old chair. That'll do. Stand clear, guys. Can you spot us? Affirmative 101. Oh, yes. They're sending a ladder truck up for you now. Hell yeah. They better hurry. No worries, guys. We're home free now. That smoke, it's filling the hallway. Coming towards us. Son of a dick. That broken window. It's probably drawing it right to us. This is 101. Appears to be some kind of fire in the building. You might want to expedite that ladder truck. Copy that, 101. We're seeing a thick black smoke coming from the rooftop. They're maneuvering in a position now. Hang on. Hey guys, we should be okay. Lean out the window and grab some fresh air if you need to. We're gonna need more than fresh air, man. I'm putting the camera down, Trish. To hell with this. What's he talking about? The smoke, man. It's like it turns your insides out. Dude gives you one shitty case of heartburn. We gotta get out of here. Hold on, Judd? Is there like a ledge? Hey, take it easy. Of course not. A sheer drop straight down. Christ. Take it easy. I am not gonna be turned into a human sock puppet. I am not gonna let that happen. Judd! Trish, we gotta jump. Gotta take our chances. Judd, think about this. What are you doing? What? Hey, hey, we are too far up. That is a definite no-go, buddy. Trish, you saw what happened. Judd! Use your head. You can't survive that jump. No, man, you don't get it. That smoke is toxic, and it's coming our way. A few more seconds, we're swallowed up and spit out like a bad cheese omelet. Is he delusional? Judd, this isn't the way. Back off. Both of you. Judd, calm down. No, Trisha, you saw what that smoke did. Calm down. Okay, let's talk. There's no time. Hey, Officer Coward, you think if I aim for that car, it'll be a softer landing? As opposed to what? Hitting a brick wall at 90 miles per hour? We're six floors up. Judd, please be reasonable. Look, I am petrified of heights, so you know that this is not easy for me. But I am not going out like Miss Blackwell. There's no way. Look, in case things don't go well, Trish, you know I've been crushing on you for weeks now, and hey, I would have asked you out, but you're absolutely right about me. I'm just chicken shit. Judd, just step back in, okay? I'll go out with you. Please. Please? <laughs> A mercy date? No. Thanks, but no thanks. So long, Trish. Judd! Judd! No! Unit 101, did we lose one of you? 101, has the fire reached you? 101, do you copy? God damn it. 
Why in God's name would he do that? One on one. God damn it. <laughs> this is 101. <coughs> we need that ladder ASAP. Hold tight. It's too late. They're bringing late. up the ladder truck now. <coughs> the smoke. <coughs> what the hell is this stuff? Some kind of nerve gas? <coughs> Swirling in the smoke. Oh, like it's, like it's alive. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Officer Coward. Officer Coward. So now, nearly a year has passed since the events of last October 31st, and there are still questions, many mysteries. Do you recall anything immediately following the collapse of the building? No. I don't remember anything until just a few weeks ago. Of course. When you awoke from the coma. I'm told I was pulled from the rubble of the Talbert building. Several hours after the collapse. It's no small miracle you survived, Miss Timmons. Many weren't so lucky. In the video we salvaged from Officer Coward's body cam, it appears that you both were enveloped by the smoke. Is that a correct assessment? I believe so. Was it a shock to you that you were not similarly affected by the smoke? That you weren't transformed into some bizarre freak of nature as he and Miss Blackwell apparently were? There was no time to think about it, but yeah, in retrospect, it's kind of weird. Why was I spared? Do you have any sense of just what the smoke really was? Did it seem like some kind of experimental nerve agent or something more natural? I don't think it originated out of any lab. It felt alive. Yet at the same time, like stagnant air out of a tomb. It left me violated. Like, I was caught in a massive crowd on the 
verge of being trampled. And there are countless clammy hands reaching, touching, touching me all over. Have you ever experienced anything like that? No. One final thing. The creature that you first encountered. The one that attacked the fire chief on the ground floor made that awful shrieking scream. Now there's not a clear view of it at any point in the video. Did you ever get a good look at it? Not really. It was dark and I was running for my life. In your opinion, might it have been some form of mutation as well? Maybe. But, but, but it was different. Like, uh, more aggressive. Like a... Like a rabbit dog that's been unleashed. Officer Coward seemed to imply that this creature may have been responsible for the death of the fire chief. Officer Coward was pretty shaken by what he had witnessed, so I can only assume that to be the case. Okay. Well... I think that about covers things, Miss Timmons. We thank you for your time and patience with this whole process. Hold on. I have a few questions of my own, and no one else seems to want to give me answers, so if you don't mind... Absolutely. What happened to Dr. Merchant? I I'm sure he could fill in a lot of missing pieces. His body wasn't recovered from the ruins. No one has seen him since that night, in fact. But trust me, the FBI, Homeland Security, they'd all like nothing more than to speak with him. What about the Talbert building? What, did they find anything there? I mean... If the authorities found anything, they're not letting on. There's a shroud of secrecy around this whole incident. But in our research, we did uncover some rather curious history on the Talbert family. Curious history. Seems they were heavily involved in the occult. They were members of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, or a splinter sect of some sort. Apparently that was a big thing among wealthy Chicago families way back when. The basement of the Talbert building was an active temple where they conducted various rituals. And some of it might even be called satanic in nature. We think Dr. Solomon Merchant was a sort of modern remnant of these folks. Oh, really? Oh, and we recovered one of Merchant's notebooks from the rubble. I guess salvage crews didn't feel it was anything of importance. It's mostly mystic gibberish and formulas that don't seem to mean much, but he does go into some detail about what he was trying to accomplish. I'd be interested in taking a look. Unfortunately, I can't provide it at the moment. We're still trying to decipher a few things, but I can reveal some tidbits. Uh, let's see. The pit was apparently part of some ceremonial altar for the mystics that gathered there all those years ago. Do we know where the smoke originates from? Underground lava flows or... No clue. We've had numerous geological surveys conducted, and there's no volcanic activity, no scientific rationale for it. Unless you buy Dr. Merchant's explanation. Which is? <laughs> well, he believed the smoke pit was a portal 
portal? To what? In his writings, Dr. Merchant subscribes to the notion that the smoke emanates from fires, burning eternally, as he puts it, burning deep under the mantle. And of course, true to form, these fires become the most active during the season of All Hallows' Eve. Right, he mentioned something about that. He goes on to theorize in his notes that, to quote, the damned can be raised from the fiery depths, pulled from the smoke, and their spirits deposited into the vessel of another person. Presumably one that hasn't been turned into a walking organ sack by this toxic gas, I suppose. I survived the smoke, so... I'm the ideal repository for one of Dr. Merchant's lost souls. Yes. According to his notes, the entire congregation of the temple was part of some apocalyptic suicide pact, each of them leaping to their doom into the pit many decades ago. Merchant was attempting to revive a founding member of their order named Hector into the body of his assistant, Carl. But he goes on to say, this experiment was a rather spectacular failure. And something else ended up inhabiting Carl's body. Something inhuman. <laughs> I suppose if you're in the business of fishing souls from a smoky pit, there's no telling what you're liable to end up with. Miss Timmons? Miss Timmons? Are you alright? Can I get you some water? I was just... Uh, I just feel lightheaded. I just feel lightheaded all of a sudden. You look like you were about to black out on me. <laughs> oh my god, are you getting this? Call a doctor. Get help. Jesus Christ. Miss Timmons? No. Please, no! Busted. It's a takedown. Busted.
You have been listening to Campfire Radio Theatre. Tonight's tale, The Thing on the Ground Floor, was written, directed, and produced by John Ballantyne. Featured in the cast were Tanya Milovich as Trisha, Owen McEwen as Officer Coward, Mike Fox as Judd, Linda Waterwick as the interviewer, Erica Sanderson as the police dispatcher, and Miss Blackwell, John Bell as Dr. Merchant, and Blaine Hicklin as the camera operator. Production assistance by Michael Davidson. Original music score by Kevin Hartnell. Sound design by Evan Anderson and John Ballantyne. Additional sound courtesy of Free Sound Project. Mixing and post-production by John Ballantyne. Share the horror and visit us at CampfireRadioTheatre.com and on Facebook at Campfire Radio Theatre. Hi there. Do you like science fiction and fantasy? Well, you're in luck. Wednesday Wonders is the mutual audio feed that has all things to do with the world of the unknown. Subscribe to the full mutual audio network feed every day for amazing audio, or you can find the Wednesday Wonders for all of your sci-fi and fantasy needs in your favorite podcast player. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.